Well, hello, everyone. Uh, thank you for being here. Uh, this is Akron Alliance Fellowship Church, Akron, Ohio. It's the worship service message for Sunday, December 13th. Uh, we appreciate you being here with us. We have a couple of announcements to make uh, that are very important to make sure that you always stay abreast of content here at the church. Please note that uh, you can go to our website, akronalliance.org, uh, to find content, uh, linked content to our uh, Sunday school, our worship service messages, um, praise team, uh, all of those things that we do at our church. And of course, right now, lately, we've been uh, doing all of our services online, and uh, we will be doing that up through uh, January 3rd until we get past the holiday season, and we'll revisit this whole thing uh, getting together uh, in the church uh, once we have more information about where we are with the pandemic. Um, we appreciate your patience. Uh, we appreciate your prayers. We appreciate your understanding uh, as far as what's happening. Of course, additional content, all of our video content uh, has been uh, provided through our Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page. Uh, we recommend that you also stay tuned to that for any updates or announcements as far as what we are doing as a church. With that in mind, um, we're going to go ahead and get started with a word of prayer. We thank you for being here. Um, a very interesting message today that just was provided to me uh, by the Lord. I don't really, uh, I was going in one direction, I went a completely different one. Uh, and that's uh, usually how it works sometimes when it comes to what the Lord does for us. Um, so let's go ahead and pray. Thank you. Father, we just uh, thank you for this time that you've given us to uh, sit quietly before you and hear you speak to us. We thank you for your very presence. Uh, we thank you for all that you have done for us and all that you've done to keep our church, keep our people, uh, keep our pastor and his wife and family uh, together and bring them back healthy. We thank you for uh, all that you've done in that area. Uh, we are just so thankful for your presence this morning. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done for us and what you continue to do for us. Lord, we are just uh, grateful. We're grateful for all that you have done and giving us perspective on life that we didn't have before because of what's taking place right now. We're just so thankful for you indeed. We give you praise and thanks for all of these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Today's message is all about um, what I'm going to call a new take on selflessness. A new take on selflessness. Um, our family has spent a good amount of time together over the past few months. Uh, we're a household of three adults with two pet cats. Um, the newer member of our family is Charlie. Um, she's a female who is an attention-hogging climber, jumper, and mischief maker. Uh, the other cat is named Harry, a handsome Maine Coon who can occasionally raise a fuss when looking for a major back rub. As these family members are both rescue cats, there is a little baggage with them. And it's okay because all of us have a little baggage that comes to the surface from time to time. Now, Harry's baggage involves involuntary moments during a deep sleep where he suddenly awakes with a flurry of rapid shaking and loss of muscle control, uh, which is best described as a night terror. Uh, we have ruled out seizures because they only seem to occur during periods of deep sleep when he appears to have come out of a bad dream. And after looking into this a little bit further, 
Uh, we are now attributing his episodes to PTSD, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, yeah, people get them and cats get them too. Uh, according to what we know of his history before we adopted him, he was a house cat that was forced into the streets at a young age. There's no telling what nightmare experiences he has been through. Now, we discovered this as an issue with Harry about a couple of years ago when he had his first incident, and it lasted for about five minutes, which is tough to take when you're watching and holding your kitty writhing uncontrollably. uncontrollably. Uh, Lynn and I uh, did some research, and we found that CBD seems to be a great help in smoothing out the bumps and lessening the frequency of Harry's night terrors, and it also has helped him to have a little bit more energy as well. His most recent episodes are shorter in duration, and he bounces back a lot quicker. We're very thankful for this. His quality of life is of the utmost concern to us as a family. Now, it is important to note that a number of pet owners dearly love and care for their pets. Needless to say, they are part of the family. If something goes wrong with our pets, my wife and I want to help them as much as we can, and it's because they really can't help themselves. They depend on us for love, care, and companionship. Now, what we need to see here is that just like my little buddy Harry, every one of us has a little something that we have had to deal with, and it's not just because of the pandemic. The pandemic may have highlighted some things within your overall health that you may now need to address. Now, perhaps you've put this on a back burner in the past, but now your health issue, as we have had to shelter in place, has become much more important. It's more than a notion that some of us need a little help to get by. A little help to get by. Some of us have sought help and perhaps talked to doctors and nurse practitioners to find a way to take the edge off or even to get medication. Here's a newsflash for you. There is no shame in taking medication. There's nothing wrong with finding remedies to your health concerns. It's a wise practice. Timothy, for example, was given very good advice by Paul when it came to his ailments. If you would turn your Bibles and electronic devices to 1 Timothy chapter 5, and we'll look at verse 23. 1 Timothy 5, verse 23. Very, very good advice and wise advice from Paul to Timothy. It says in that verse, I'm reading from the English Standard Version, No longer drink only water, but use a little wine for the sake of your stomach and your frequent ailments. Now, why was this important for Timothy to pay attention to? Well, it was because Timothy was fully involved in ministry. He was the leader of the church assigned to him by Paul. Ephesus was one of them, and another one was the church at Corinth. And it was necessary for Timothy, a young man in his mid-30s, to be at the top of his game as a leader of these very challenging areas of ministry. He had some personalities to deal with in those churches. 
the Ephesus, Ephesian church and the Corinthian church. He was clearly struggling with a chronic condition involving his stomach. Therefore, Paul tells him to drink some non-alcoholic wine to soothe his stomach, which would help him to feel better. It was good advice, and it was rooted in godliness. Here's a couple of questions for you to consider today. First question, if you are not feeling your best, do you feel it is important to just plot along and not do anything about it? The second question, if you see someone is having a hard time, how do you respond on your part? Is it a natural inclination to want to find ways to help out or do you take a pass? As you ponder these questions, please consider that God wants every person to be less self-centered and more selfless in our daily approach to life. Less self-centered and more selfless. We are to be selfless in our own approach to health. We are to be selfless in looking and caring after other people. To be selfless is to be unselfish. Is to be unselfish. When we are self-centered, we're not much good for ourselves or others. What are we doing here? as far as asking these questions. Well, we're trying to get down to the root of human behavior, the nitty-gritty of one's attitude. To be selfish versus unselfish. What keeps a person from acknowledging the warning signs that can lead to a stroke? High blood pressure, a poor diet, failing to control diabetes, a myriad of aches and pains are all warning signs. Why is a person with these symptoms less inclined to ask for help? I'm just going to put it out there that men resist going to the doctor for all of the wrong reasons. The wrong reasons. Now, I'm not speaking as a medical professional, but I am speaking as a husband and a father of adult children and as a minister within the body of Christ. All of these things carry a huge responsibility. With this responsibility comes the need for responsible behavior. It calls for responsible behavior. If I am not at my best, I cannot be at my best for someone else. And if I'm not at my best, I can't be at best for my wife, and my family. If I'm not at my best, I can't be the best servant I can be for Jesus Christ. This especially includes paying attention to my health. Note that all of this starts at home. It starts from your own homes. It does matter in the long run how I navigate through my family before I even begin to practice ministry on the outside. In 1 Timothy, note the qualifications of an overseer, as the person referred to in the ESV. 
Now, the King James Version and the uh, American Standard Version refer to this person as a bishop. And the NLT, the New Living Translation, calls this person a church leader. Well, it's all the same. I'm providing this example because I believe it's important for anyone who is a Christian to fulfill these personal qualifications as a leader in the faith, whether you are presiding over a church or not. Whether you're providing over, presiding over a church or not. Now turn your Bibles to 1 Timothy 3. We're going to read a series of verses here, verses 1 through 7, just to give you uh, an overview of what is required of a church overseer. And of course, many of us have read this passage before, but it's a good reminder uh, to see exactly what God uh, reflects as far as how we should be when it comes to our behaviors in the body of Christ. This qualification is for an overseer, but I'm going to use some poetic license and extend that to every one of us as believers in the body of Christ because we have that responsibility uh, if we are ministering to other people, if we are praying with other people, if we are showing indeed we have support for other people. These are all qualifications that we should do our best to fulfill. Starting with verse 1, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. This is also the ESV version. The, the saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach. Verse 3, not a drunkard, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well, with all dignity keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? Verse 6, he must not be a recent convert, or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders so that he may not fall into disgrace, into a snare of the devil. Now, look at all of the potential issues for the overseer here. There's a lot to consider before he is accepted in a role of leadership over a group. In order to be sober-minded, self-controlled, and gentle in his approach in his own home, he has to be selfless. He has to be selfless. He must be unselfish. This is not just before others, but it also includes his own behavior. Failure to do this will lead to sinful behavior. So now let's just ask this question we asked before once more. Why is a person ignoring the warning signs? Is it conceit? Is it pride? Is it fear? All of these things do not come from God. Take a look at Proverbs 16, 18. Proverbs 16, 18. And it's a very interesting passage when you look at it and think about it because one of the things that we have to be very, very cautious about is not being prideful. Pridefulness is what dooms a lot of us 
where we are just not fellowshipping with the Lord, not really looking to him, not really praying to him, not really paying attention to things that are very important because we're more concerned about ourselves. Pride comes before destruction and an arrogant spirit before a fall. That's Proverbs 16, 18 in the Christian Standard Bible Version. Pride comes before destruction and an arrogant spirit before a fall. Pride and arrogance are problematic for believers. It leads to not wanting to help others. And it also contributes to not even wanting to deal with our own personal issues, our own health issues. Let's face it. Pride and arrogance can condemn a person to eternal separation from Jesus Christ. We already know that. Nothing more and nothing less. Only recognizing Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life brings eternal salvation. But now we need to go further than that. Of course, Jesus provides salvation in the power of the Holy Spirit as a remedy for our conceitedness, pridefulness, arrogance, and selfishness. The opposite of conceitedness and pridefulness is humility. Humility. We are told by Jesus to be courageous and not be fearful. And this applies to our own approach to our health. Don't be fearful. Be courageous. Take a look at Joshua 1, 7. Joshua chapter 1, verse 7. I love the words about being strong and courageous because that is how we are to live. In the midst of a pandemic that we're going through right now, we have to be strong and we got to be courageous. There are a lot of people around us who are anything but that, and we need to be the ones to show them the way as to how to go about that. It doesn't mean that you don't have moments, but it does mean you circle back to what's most important, and that's Jesus Christ. He is the one who is leading and guiding our behaviors, our actions, the things that are taking place. And Joshua had to learn that very same thing when he took over the reins, uh, leading the nation of Israel. Be strong and very courageous. This is the NIV version. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left, or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. One more passage to look at here in this set. Isaiah 58, verse 11. Isaiah 58, verse 11. Praise the Lord for his good word. It says in Isaiah 58, 11, And the Lord will guide you continually, and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water, whose waters do not fail. And I will summarize this section with 
these, uh, this, uh, this next passage here, Psalm 3, verses 5 and 6. Psalm 3, verses 5 and 6. Again, from the NIV version. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden. Uh, that does, that looks like the same passage I just read here. Hold on one second. Let's fix that, shall we? We don't want to be repetitive. Psalm 3. Here we go. Psalm 3, verses 5 and 6. King James Version. I laid me down and slept. I awaked for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. So we're looking at how the Lord preserves and keeps us in all these different ways. And that's what we need to be mindful of here. The Lord is preserving and keeping us. And, of course, you know, when we look at this here, we're going to look at something where we're facing all odds. Remember in the passage here in Isaiah, it talked about scorched places, places that, aren't very, places that aren't very comfortable, places where you've got people up against you, places where things aren't going very well. Well, you know, I'm going to speak about men here personally, okay? We can be really big babies at times when we get sick. We really can. We don't like getting sick. Well, who does? But we also deeply fear receiving bad news. That's not exactly very heroic. So speaking frankly, and you know, the criticism is not just me talking about other guys. I can talk to myself about those same things. I have to work my way up to do things sometimes. And that's what God enables us to do. So speaking frankly, one of the hardest things for men to do is to reckon with their own health issues. And yet they must reckon with them. No matter what, you still got to reckon with them. You don't just ignore them. How many times have we heard of people who have ignored warning signs and finally, when the pain became unbearable, went to the doctor and received a very grim diagnosis? This becomes a very difficult thing for a family to deal with. And it doesn't necessarily have to be this way. We must remember that there is no shame in going to a doctor or getting medication to address a problem. Do you recognize that God is being very gracious to provide healing in the midst of difficulty? For those of us who are older and with less ability to move about, the message here is not much different. We all need to pay attention to those signs that raise health issues and to what we can do to eat right and to move as much as we can. I saw a very sobering comment on social media about how people who had attended someone's funeral were later during fellowship time eating the same rich fatty foods that were enjoyed by the one who had passed on. We have to do better. We must do better. We need to make sure to eat healthier and make wiser choices in our diets. Drop the fatty food diet as the bad habit that it really is. 
This is selfless behavior in action. Take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians 6, and we're going to look at verse 12. And we'll be in 1 Corinthians further down in chapter 6, but I wanted to start with this one because um, people make an argument, well, I can do whatever I want to do. Well, you absolutely can do whatever you want to do. But we need to understand something about doing whatever you want to do. There's a cost for that. There may be a cost for that, and you have to recognize that. And, you know, the same people, things that people say today about the pandemic. I can do whatever I want. I don't have to wear a mask. I don't have to do any of these things. I can be whoever I want to be, and no one can do anything about it. Okay. 1 Corinthians six twelve in the ESV version says, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul is addressing the Corinthian church about not abusing themselves with sexual immorality. But the same principle applies to not abusing ourselves with what we take into our bodies. Because let's face it, sexual immorality is not just a sin against others, it's a sin against your own body. And the same principle applies when we're taking in things we shouldn't be doing or doing in moderation. It's a sin against your own body. It's not illegal to drink whatever we want to drink or eat, but that doesn't mean we should be doing it. It doesn't mean that that's exactly what we should do. Our health choices, remember what I said about responsibility? Our health choices still remain our personal responsibility. So let's drop down in 1 Corinthians down to verses 19 and 20. 1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 and 20. And this is the English Standard Version once again. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. So let's say that we're doing everything right. We are paying attention to our diets, and we're even exercising as we should. Even with all of this, there are times where some of us may still experience chronic physical ailments. I know that when we used to go to uh, wellness training, uh, there was a woman who was there who was an older woman, and she was um, elderly. You could tell she had been in the sun a lot. She, her skin was all weathered because she was in the sun. She was a real sunbird. She had chronic I believe, rheumatoid arthritis, aches and pains that were constant, and she had to get on the uh, exercise machines and the uh, exercise bikes and the, uh, um, the, the, the I guess there's that, that ski machine that simulates, uh, you know, skiing. And she was on those things religiously every week because she had to try to find a way to overcome the chronic pain because there was not much else that could be done. But the exercise helped in her situation. She was in her 70s or near 80, 80 years old, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you do what you have to do. But let's say we're doing everything right and we still have chronic pain. So what if God doesn't heal you in the way that you expect him to? You know, you pray for healing, right? And yet you don't get an answer to that prayer. You, you wind up with the same chronic pain. Maybe there'll be some relief, but it's still there. What if the chronic pain or the condition seems to linger. 
It's a really good question. In Scripture, you may recall that Paul had begged the Lord, begged him to take away his severe pain. But note that Paul, because of his position and because he was privy to much more in the faith than the average person, had to experience this humiliating pain to recognize what God was teaching him. Teaching him. He was to go beyond the physical and humble himself before the Lord. Going beyond the physical. You know, a lot of what we deal with is the physical, but sometimes there's emotional and sometimes there's pain that we have to reckon with that goes beyond what anyone can do for us. We have to take it directly to the Lord and find out what he's trying to teach us. Take a look at what it says at 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians 12. And we're going to look at verses 6 through 10. I went over this passage several times because I wanted to see in this where I could the mind of Paul and what God was trying to teach him. And Paul kind of reveals it here in this passage. Verse 6. For if I want to boast, I wouldn't be a fool because I would be telling the truth. But I will spare you so that no one can credit me with something beyond what he sees in me or hears from, from, from me. Pay attention to that. This Paul wants you to see something more about who he is than just the physical. Especially because of the extraordinary revelations. Therefore, so that I would not exalt myself, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to torment me, so that I would not exalt myself. Verse 8. Concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it would leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Therefore, I will most gladly boast all the more about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may reside in me. So I take pleasure in weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and in difficulties for the sake of Christ. When I am weak, then I am strong. Here's a question for you. Was Paul healed in this instance? And my answer is yes, he was. It wasn't about the physical ailment, but there was something that had to be fixed in Paul. It was his attitude. His attitude was what needed to be fixed. He was indeed healed in a way that you or I on the surface would say, I don't expect that. I didn't expect that at all. It's unexpected. Here's a fact. An arrogant man cannot be an effective servant of Jesus Christ. An arrogant man cannot be an effective servant of Jesus Christ. God will sometimes humble us in our selfishness. A humble man is the best servant for Jesus. The key is humility. God had to show him what was most important. It is humility. Humility is a necessity in that it lays the foundation of our obedience to Jesus Christ. 
Our flesh desires selfishness. Christ demands selflessness. Our flesh desires selfishness. Christ demands selflessness. Take a look real quick, please, at 1 Peter chapter 5. Let's look at verses 6 and 7. 1 Peter 5, verses 6 and 7. Verse 6, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Are you anxious about your health? Are you anxious at all? God addresses every fear or concern with loving care. Are you fearful? Take your fears directly to him. Don't hold on to them. Your fears will only deteriorate you over time. Don't hold on to them. Give them to Jesus in fervent prayer. And when I say fervent prayer, fervent prayer, honestly, you may have to get down on your knees. You may have to get prostrate before him and and those are things that we all as, as believers need to do sometimes when we are truly seeking after his grace and his mercy, his love and compassion. He's right there for us at any given moment. All we have to do is just seek after him. Give it to Jesus in fervent prayer. Another passage to look at. Berean Study Bible Version, Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and petition. Notice the word petition. You're petitioning directly to God for what you're looking for. With thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus. We've seen that verse many times before, many times before, those two verses. Have you humbled yourself before the throne of grace? Have you humbled yourself before the throne of grace? Have you trusted God's power of healing in your life? Is there more that you can do in trusting him? Because just like anything else, there's always room for improvement. When we're operating from the flesh, there is always room for improvement. Have you looked at the way you live and are you paying attention to God's warning signs? Are you paying attention? Have you made an effort to change the way you live in order to be a better servant for Jesus Christ? Are you prepared to live a life of selflessness, no matter how you are feeling, to be a willing servant for Jesus Christ? Are you prepared to make a testimony of God's greatness in your life 
because of what he has done. Are you prepared to make a testimony? Jesus is ready to address all your concerns and prompt you to do the things necessary to help you grow in selflessness, in your relationship with him and before others. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for you. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your very presence. We thank you for opening up truths about ourselves. And Lord, sometimes we do operate in fear. And we operate in fear. Unknowingly, we're doing the same thing. We're being selfish. Where we're not trusting in you. As we were reminded that the fear does not come from you. It comes from the enemy. It comes from our adversary who wants us to be paralyzed, to suffer from analysis paralysis, just not doing something because we're overthinking it. And Lord, we don't want to be that way. Help us to be bold. Help us to step up and do what's necessary. Lord, sometimes we need to just think on the premise that he gives us these signs at times when it comes to our health to prevent something bad from happening in the future because he wants us to pay attention not just to our bodies, not just to our habits, not just to what we do, but to you. Lord, you are full of mercy and grace and we are just so thankful for the communication through the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for how the Spirit speaks. Lord, help us to be more thankful for what you do for us. Help us to be mindful of those things and take responsibility for those things that we have responsibility for. For our health, our well-being, for our families, for our body of Christ. We thank you, Lord. We ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thanks for being with us. I hope that you got something out of that. I hope that the Spirit is speaking to you individually about what you need to do. I think it's very important for us to be conscious of what the Spirit says in our lives individually and collectively as a group. We need to take care of ourselves. We need to do the best we can to be ministers of Jesus Christ before others and be an example to others in that. Thanks again for being here today. God bless you all. You take care of yourselves. We'll see you next time.